LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course, food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Levi David, who trains and educates personal trainers and everyday people in advanced modalities of corrective stretch and exercise. He's also the head trainer at F45 here in Chicago. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this incredibly interesting and dynamic conversation with Levi David. So today we're sitting down with Levi David. How are you today? I'm doing well. Enjoying life? Yeah. It's a hot muggy day here in Chicago. We're downtown. Anyway, so tell us what you do in one or two sentences. Oh, I educate people about their body, help them connect with it so that they can master it through stretch, exercise, fitness, health, nutrition. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's like perfect time that we're sitting down and I uh, kicked my knee the other day a little bit. Oh, no. I was like, oh, what is wrong with all this research? It's like, oh, you just build more muscle. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> great time to interview someone like you. <laughs> That's part of it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, you, so you train other trainers, right? I'm like work with you. Yeah, I've done that for over a decade. I, my career has been, gosh, I guess almost 20 years long as a coach and started out as a gymnast and a gymnastics coach and coaching other gymnasts and then coaching other coaches and then... Interesting. Yeah. Because there's the old adage, like, people who can't do teach, and people who can't teach, teach gym. But <laughs> <laughs> you're deciding to actually train for training. Um so it kind of makes sense to me that you had like the experience doing that from a gymnast perspective. How do your clients respond to that? Because I, I imagine that dynamic be very different. Like just in a jokey way, like, hey, I'm a fitness consultant. I'm here to motivate someone else. I don't need my own motivation. I'm just making that wrong assumption. Can you clarify your question? Well, like, what the mentality of like some of your coaching? Why would they take coaching from you? I guess I'm unique in a few ways. One, I, I really consider myself more of an educator than a motivator. Interesting. Um, but I was having a conversation with one of my besties, Jenny, earlier today, mm. just discussing about the gym that we manage. Um, and I, I had a kind of a disgruntled client on the phone and was just asking him questions, picking his brain, seeing what, uh, what he liked about the gym, what he wants to see growth in. Um, and then one of them was about like not receiving the kind of motivation you wanted from a trainer. So I, I always try to clarify what does that mean to someone? Yeah. Um, some people, they want like a pep rally or a cheerleader. Um, and the people are just motivated differently. So I asked him, I'm like, you've trained under me. I wouldn't consider my style motivating. How would you define that? And he's like, honestly, I get really motivated by you because you educate me. You give me some tips and tricks, just a couple of little things to focus on that are just going to be a whole game changer mm. for everything I do. Um, and so I find if I can empower someone with knowledge, it's the most motivating force because they could take that with them. That makes sense. Like I've heard quite a few times that you can't change someone, they have to change themselves. So you can see the mentality of like, hey, I'm gonna give you the tools with feedback on how to be successful. Yeah, and I'm not even looking to help someone change themselves. I really think that 
at the essence of who we are, we have so many incredible things like already living inside of us. Um, and so I just want to help people connect to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. So where is the gym you guys actually born together, you and Jenny? So right now, managing F45 DePaul, which is on Fullerton, near Clybourne, mm -hmm. um, close to the Chuck E. Cheese. There's a lot of stuff in the story of how you got kind of back to where you are now. Okay. You were doing gymnastics stuff. Was that something that you were passionate about growing up or how that kind of all yeah. came together? So I remember as a kid, I was heading outside to play on the trampoline one day mm -hmm. and turned to see the TV on, which was super unusual because my parents hardly ever allowed the TV on, but they had it on because the Olympics were playing. Mm -hmm. And so we were just kind of on for a few days. And I just remember passing by when gymnastics was on the TV and it was the first time I had ever seen it, but I was instantly mesmerized. Someone was doing the floor event and just flipping like, mm -hmm. beautifully and strong and doing all of these things that. I had never dreamt were possible. And I had just stood there behind the couch, slowly sliding into a split, like as a nine-year-old, until I hit the floor, yeah. like half an hour later, <laughs> like having got my first move. And then I just ran outside to the trampoline and at the point I'm like, I'm gonna train, do this. Um, fast forward, in high school, my high school offered a program as part of, oh, for as part of the schooling. Um, and that was the only way my family could afford it at the time, so I went. And I loved it. I had already taught myself to do a lot of things by getting to work with a coach who gave me solid feedback and gave me the education I needed. Um, I just took off. So in a period of like two and a half years, I went from starting gymnastics to competing nationally. Um, and for me, it wasn't so much a sport or something that I even really wanted to do in front of people. Mm -hmm. It was just my therapy. Like I just getting to master my body and be in charge of it and teach it new things and partner with it to, to do incredible stuff was just something that brought me a lot of peace for some reason. That makes sense. So like one of the most renowned basketball players in the world now, like he plays for the Nuggets, he won a championship. People are always, I'm trying to understand his mentality because he says stuff in interviews like, oh, the job is done. Now I go do what I want to love. <laughs> and so many like pros like, how does he not love basketball? He's the number one passion. He's like, no one loves our job. If it, I think you have to be lying. He's like, dude, you just won the championship. This is the mentality. But like, he had like, all these other passions around like horses and stuff like that. But taking a step back, I can kind of see that where it's it's something he's good at. He doesn't obsess over. He's like, all right, I'm going to focus, get this done, and then focus my mind somewhere else. Sometimes we get like, consumed by this like, sort of struggle. Yeah. yeah, it could become your identity. I will say, though, in high school that gymnastics was my identity. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because it's the first thing I really connected to that I just loved. Um, and so for me, it was therapy. It was growth. It was excitement. It was peace. It was all the things. Um, and then in 2005 at Nationals, I damaged my spine so bad and was told by the specialist that I would, in two weeks' time, become paraplegic, never to walk again, while out hopes of medical intervention because my spine had slipped off my sacrum and was severing my spinal cord and was already a third of the way severed by the time I saw the specialist. And so that really started me in the trajectory of where I'm at now and um, being told by the medical professional that there was no help. Um, and so I just decided, I'm like, well, I'm going to just learn about the body. And I'm going to go, at the time I went to massage school and I learned all about how to manually, manually manipulate the body and change the alignments of things skeletal and muscular alignments. Um, and then through that, I was able to 
find healing for my body and fix it and I'm still walking. Um, and after that, I had no intention of getting into a career of doing that for other people, but it helped me so much that I realized I wanted to give people the kind of hope that I wasn't given by the doctor, you know, and I think doctors are incredible. This is nothing against them, but yeah, this is just that part of my story. I needed something different, something that partnered with physically aligning the body. Um, and that journey turned into being a body worker that specialized in manual manipulation of bodies that were in a lot of pain and, and had a lot of injury, um, which then evolved into me becoming more of a hands-off coach because I wanted to teach people how to heal themselves. Uh, and then I became a personal trainer and then passport a couple of years. I decided I just really, I love learning. So I, I consume as much knowledge as I can. And I became one of about 200 master trainers in the world with Anglosham, um, and have probably almost any specialty you could think of. Cause I just can't stop like <laughs> trying to get information in. Cause I, I, I work with people who most people won't work with. And because of that, I am always just looking to learn and to figure out how to help them best. And I learned so much from those people. Mm -hmm. You just have a lot of uh, letters next to your name, which is always, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, even something I've always looked at, I work in recruiting and we look at how people go back and get additional certifications, what they're learning at home and stuff like that. And for me, I'm always working on a little something to like improve. And it's always like more rewarding. That way I'm not like staying stagnant. Well, I know or I can be doing Yeah. But you need an example of some of the people that you're working with in the past that most people are wanting to work with that doesn't resonate with me. We'll get an example of that. Goodness. Um, I guess they feel kind of endless, but I have someone that I worked with who is now a friend. It started because her daughter, who was a gymnast, I think broke both of her hands while okay. doing something. Um, I had coached some of the gymnastics classes on occasion. And so she came to me and she knew some of my background. I was like, do you know anything she could do? She doesn't want to stop gymnastics. The doctors have told her she really can't do it. Yeah. Um, so I started working with her um, and came up with some protocols to get all of the, the muscles to relax some of their tension so that the bones in the wrists and hand could start to get faster and then keep it mobile and whatnot. Um, the mom loved what I was doing with the daughter because it wasn't just physical alignment, but we're kind of working through the belief systems because you know you're dealing with a kid who can't do their sport that they love and so they're feeling challenged with depression and all that kind of stuff but the mom came to me one day and she was like i love what you're doing with my daughter so much that i feel like i want to work with you because i think it could really address some things i have to end up having um left side cerebral palsy or uh and I got to work with her too. And we just, I would come up with different protocols or different stretching exercises to address what she was wanting to learn and connect with in her own body. And it was so cool to see her body begin to work with her instead of her feel the aggravation of it constantly working against her. Mm -hmm. um, so a situation like that or working with like a toddler who had severe scoliosis and barely had any range of motion and constant pain to, um, a couple months of working together, ran around playing, was like the happiest kid ever. Um, working with babies who were born with some severe postural distortions, having issues breathing, helping teach the parents how to help them open back up, um, all kinds of stuff really. I mean, sports, some people who have professional level of sportsmanship who were injured can't do their sport, 
they can help to facilitate them learning how to heal rotator cuff injury or to do the sport in a way that would create longevity in their body and health versus wear and tear. Yeah, that's a really cool niche that you work with that. Why do you think that people are avoiding kind of clientele such as that? Is just they want to focus on what's like easier for them or what's kind of leaving a lot of those people open to wanting to come to someone like you? I feel like in our society, there, there's such an emphasis on being a specialist, like being someone who specializes in wrist or being someone who specializes in ankles or yeah. ENT or whatever. And I think those are amazing because they have such an in-depth knowledge of those areas. Um, but I think it's rare to find someone who, who really can look at the whole picture and help someone make sense of what's going on across the body. And I know there are people like that. I'd say I've just learned to be that because I've worked with so many people across so many issues of their body. But I tend to have people come my way because I've helped someone they know or their friend or someone that they've seen consistently in their community who suddenly is walking differently or yeah. whatever. Um, and I just have an approach that I, I really love to explain things in a way that makes sense to some other. So I, I have the kind of knowledge where I could speak Latin terms about the body, but I rarely ever do um, because it, it doesn't, it's not helpful to someone who's coming to me with issues in their body. So I, as I have someone in front of me, I learn the way that they learn. I start to pick up the way that they perceive best based off of their questions and based off of the dictionaries, which helps me understand their belief system. And I speak to them in the details that seem important to them so where they can understand it and grasp it. Um, and I feel like those are the things that have just really helped those kind of people gravitate towards me and find me because I just want to make the complicated things feel so simple. Fair. Yeah. And so when you're kind of meeting with these clients, what's kind of like their mentality of helping them understand their progress, right? So look how like, oh, you're going to take me from A to B, but that's not going to happen tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> Surprisingly, sometimes it does. Um, but a lot of times it's a journey, yeah. Um, so how do we gauge that or market? I, what I teach a lot of my trainers is you're dealing with variables. There are variables in training or variables in tracking, and you want to find some way to help them establish like where they're at so that down the road, they kind of have a before picture mm -hmm. um, and then an after picture once you're wrapping up your engagement and then in between, like constantly checking in. So I say something I do uniquely different is that I will evaluate every move I get, and meaning there's if I have an idea that this stretch could help them based off what I see going on in their body, I won't just say, do the stretch and it's going to change your life. Um, I will say, let's try the stretch or let's first have you like walk across the room, check into your body, tell me how you're feeling, or let's do the stretch for just a few repetitions. Mm -hmm. um, for me, a repetition and a stretch is just a few breaths and doing it with very specific, like a hip duck or whatever needs to be part of it. And then have them get up and walk again and have them check back into their body and give me immediate feedback of, okay, what are you feeling? Are you sensing like it's easier? You have longer stride, you're moving quicker, whatever it is. Tell them what I'm seeing. And corporately we decide like, hey, that's made an improvement. And if it has, then already in that moment, they already have instant gratification and already have built a sudden value to know like, wow, if I do this at home for more than just three breaths, yeah. and I already knew it helped me then, it's going to be helpful in my self-care, um, which I think is very different than a lot of people in the industry who are just like, oh, you came in with a rotator cuff issue, here are the 
three stretches and exercises we give everyone with a rotator cuff yeah. you. Um, and then they leave not knowing that there's a value to it because they haven't felt any difference in their body about it. And in my experience, sometimes I find, yeah, that's great for people or no, that's going to send them in the wrong direction and hurt them more, or this might be a little bit of both. So they're not going to really make any progress, but everyone I work with, I make it a point to prove to them and to have them prove to themselves the value of that stretch or that exercise and help them understand how I navigated to that point so that they now have a value in fitness and longevity in general. Yeah, it's usually helpful. I think I imagine a lot of people who go to doctors or there's plenty of times they feel that way where it's just, I was just given the classic, go to this situation opposed to hearing me, understanding me, what's going to actually help me. Yeah. And it's okay, but I love you. Love the mentality is, well, I can just look stuff up online and I'll be like, do I go? It's like, <laughs> sure. Timeline will give you unlimited answers. <laughs> and you spend all your time figuring out what will or will not work. It also comes from the mentality that I have as a kid. I asked so many questions to the kid, and I think it aggravated it, um, the adults I was around. But it got to the point where the answers would be, would be just because I said so. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help anyone learn. And that actually kind of teaches you to bottle it up or like not be inquisitive or not have growth. And I am adamant about I want someone to, to know from when they came in to work with me from when they left to have gained so much new knowledge um, because I took time to not just say because I said so, but I took time to help them understand their body more. Cool. And so do you have any recommendations for people who are thinking about upping their fitness in their life or just kind of starting from scratch? You seem to be really great with kind of coaching people who already kind of do that point, but anyone kind of wanting to level up any general recommendations for them? Yeah, I I have I, I work with all kinds of people, and I had a couple people who are brand new to fitness walk into the gym, and we had kind of a discussion around this. They they joined a couple months ago, and then I'll go through periods where I've, like I'll see them a few times one week, and then I won't see them for a couple weeks, and then I'll see them a few times, and as I pick their brains, I realize, um, like there's a shame cycle that happens. Like they feel like oh I fell off the wagon, I'm just busy or I'm tired or whatever, and then that shame cycle comes around the other direction, they're like, but I need to work on my health, I need to get back in there. And so I've sat and talked with them, and what I ended up telling them, uh, first I asked them, like, how often is your goal to come in here? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'd like to come in three or four times a week. And I said, well, just because of what that goal has already produced in the cycle that we're seeing, like, what's gonna be the, like, the most approachable? so easy that you know you're gonna come that many times and she's like well i could definitely come two times a week like that would be easy i'm like then that's your goal yeah come twice i and i say all that because i think most people just getting started um feel like they need to approach it so aggressively Mm -hmm. like if they don't just do it all then they're not doing it right Um, but my recommendation is just like start really simple like do things that you know you can accomplish so that you build a history of success and the more successful you are at it, the more your neurology will want to engage it. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're creating like a lifestyle and a habit and a love around that thing versus creating this dynamic where you're learning to hate it and you're learning to fight against right. it and you're trying to beat it, but then it's yeah. beating you. <laughs> so I'd say just pick really so such simple goals that you know, you know, you know you can accomplish. And where I normally start with people, especially if I'm giving corrective exercise, stretch and exercise, I tell them like, this only takes three minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Cause most people I know to make corrective stretch and exercise programming, they're like, do this for 
30 minutes to an hour a day. And those people are probably not going to do it. But if you tell them it just takes three minutes a day, yeah. they're probably going to be spending seven minutes a day doing it. <laughs> so I just found that psychological approach is so helpful. Yeah. And so like uh, a lot of my listeners love supporting people who come home. So I remember correctly, you're in the middle of an online competition right now. I was. I oh, not more. Okay. But thank you. Yeah. Oh, what was that all about? Tell us about that. So Muslim Fitness Magazine launched a competition to, I don't know, find the next person to do a spread in their magazine. Oh, wow. Um, I had a lot of great love and support from everyone on my social media and family and friends. Um, but yeah, I didn't make it to the next round. <laughs> it got to the point where I realized you could vote for free, but a lot of votes were also bought. And I didn't want to go in and buy votes. It just didn't feel appropriate for a competition where you're trying to share health and fitness. Yeah. Um, but that said, it was it was lovely to have support from people. Yeah. Awesome. So how could our listeners uh, follow you, learn more about you online? Do you have Instagram, stuff like that? Yeah. And the best place to go is going to be my Instagram, right. which is Levi David, but it has two eyes, L-E-V-I-I-D-A-V-I-D. Um, follow me there. I post all kinds of health and wellness, fitness tips. Um, I'm fairly accessible on there. If someone's wanting to work with me and learn more, um, I finished an, an app where I just launched my first program to address severe carpal tunnel issues on your own. Oh, that walks them from start to finish through what is probably very complicated, but on, on the user end, it's just a very easy approach, uh, to working through your own body. Um, you can find that through the the link at the top of my Instagram page, um, or they can send me a DM to ask me more about it. Um, and then I am just about to take on a handful of clientele um, to work on putting on five pounds of muscle uh, and getting toned. Uh, that'll be like a 12-week program, so limited slots. But if anyone's interested, they're welcome to reach out. Super cool. And so anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? I... I think the, the only thing that I feel like is really worth saying is your body is amazing. Like somehow we are here at this point with this body that functions the way that it does. Um, sometimes I feel like through cycles of pain, we can get in this headspace where we feel like it's betraying us, but, mm. but learn all of the ways that your body is supporting you and connect with those. And the more that you do, uh, I think you'll find that your body will just want it to function well and you'll find ways to align with its hearing. Awesome. Let's travel with that. This episode is sponsored by Trendzapio. Collaborate with trendsetters and artists worldwide. Join the creative talent marketplace by showcasing your fashion and artistic intelligence. Trendzapio connects diverse talent from creative industries with brands that need fresh ideas. Showcase your projects, create your portfolios, and showcase your work in creative talent pools. Collaborate with industry peers and give life to your next big project. Hire on demand, create portals, post jobs, cast and promote talent. Let trendsetters find your projects. Trendsapio handles your onboarding needs. Build a network that works. Build a community of like-minded trendsetters and links with brands and businesses across the globe. Want to make your mark on Transapio? Go ahead and leverage the latest AI-driven technology that brings talent and opportunities into a seamless ecosystem. Join them to help make the next viral trend that will transform the world. Transapio. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes 
sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.